Hello and welcome to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your host, Steve. And in this podcast, we're going to explore the reality of living life as an expat in Australia and what it really means to feel like you belong. Join us as we uncover the challenges and opportunities that expat life presents on the search for settled. With our stories, tips and interviews, see us as your two friends to help you navigate expat life abroad. Just to let you know, this video podcast series is brought to you by the team at Auric Migration and Mobility. Now, Auric have helped us personally with my visa process to Australia, and we only know too well how difficult the entire process can be if you're doing it by yourself. They have also helped hundreds of our followers, and they're offering our listeners an initial assessment for free. Email them your visa situation, questions or concerns, and they will get back to it at no extra cost. Simply mention the Expat Reality Podcast when you email them at migration at auric.com. Auric is spelled A-U-R-E-C. So that's migration at auric.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your host, Steve. And today's guest, we are talking to one of our long-term followers uh, called Amy Butters. Hi, Amy. Hello, you two. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank (laughs) you so much for coming on the show today. So uh, I think maybe about a couple of weeks ago, I put it on our Instagram uh, page, which is called The London and Sydney. And I asked everybody, you know, what sort of topics you want us to discuss on our podcast? And Amy came back and she was like, I want you to talk about feeling the guiltiest expat and I was like hmm that's a very um big topic for us expats that we all seem to go through and I was like let's get you on the show let's have a chat um if you haven't heard of Amy before she's actually written on our site so she has shared um not only her guides for the central coast but also she shared her story as well um so today we're going to talk a bit more in depth about Amy's journey um especially since she first wrote for us as well um, so let's get into it. So, Amy, um, thanks for coming on the show today. And I just Thank wanted, I just wanted to um, get started really by asking you, you know, what made you move to Australia, and how long have you been here for? So I don't want to be that person because we've heard it all before, but I moved for a boy. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, was he a good looking Very boy? familiar. Like, I don't know, I could admit in it. I don't, well, hmm, you can't hear me, but yeah, I guess he's all right. No, it's <laughs> quite, it is a funny story. It's one of those where I don't know where it came from. I've just always had something telling me I need to go to Australia, literally since I was in primary school even. Oh. Um I don't think I even knew anyone that had been. I don't know how I'd heard of it other than maybe geography lesson, no clue. But (laughs) there was just something that I was like, yep, I'll go there one day, always just to do the backpacking, traveling, hostel situation. Never in a million years thought I'd move here. Um, And it just got to a point where I think I was 21 and I just thought, well, now's a good time to go because I've got no money and no responsibilities, of course, best time, not. But anyway, um, so I started a, well, I went for an interview for a pub. Um, The plan was I'll just work every hour under the sun, save up all the money. And then in the group job interview, that really awful situation where you have to take turns and introduce yourself. Oh, no. I heard this voice behind me like, 
I'm not going to do the accent for everything. Oh, no, please. You have oh, to. Please. Just, just, no. just, please. just for <laughs> me. Do, do the accent. I don't even know. I always go to say good day, but I know you didn't say that. He was just like, hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm so sorry. I'm so oh, sorry. He's got Sorry, a good Ryan. name for an Aussie twang, though. It's like Ryan. Like, oh, yeah. Easy to do. I like it. Anyway. I like it. I like it. I would. I'd like date him. Anyway. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll pass that on. I'll pass it on. But um, I had this, like, hi, I'm Ryan. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was just like, why? I, I recognise that accent. And I remember just thinking, like, oh, please be handsome. Please be handsome. And I turned around. And I was like, yeah, he's handsome. Okay, that's good. And then did the interview. And then on the walk home, rang mum. She's like, I had it going. I was like, I've met my husband. He's Australian. We're oh. going to be together forever. Like, obviously, like, completely sarcastically. And she's like, okay, but happy to be there. Um, long story short, there were two jobs at this pub. Ryan and I got them. And the rest is history, as they say. So wow. we met, obviously, that way and worked together. Uh, had our first, that was in April. I think we started the job in May and had our first date in May 2014. This was and August of that year, we moved to Australia, which is very fast. Wow, <laughs> no, that's I usually recommend. But yeah, when I say it out loud, I think what on earth? Like just three months, and yeah, let's just move to not just another country, but one ridiculously far away, one I'd never been to. Um, so yeah, terrifying. But the reason he was there was because he is also from England. Family emigrated when he was about two or three, I think. So he grew up over here, spent 20 plus years obviously going to school and everything, hence having the twang. And then he was on a sort of working holiday to figure out if he wanted to move to England or not. And that's where he was then applying for the same job for the same reasons, I guess, just to work lots and save and figure life out as you do in early 20s and yeah so it, it, this That's was that. like a love at first sight thing i feel like this is oh, like straight up it was like love at first sight yeah you, you kind of knew and then it would more move pretty quickly and you're like that's it we're moving yeah. to the other side of the world let's do what it what made you sort well, of decide just, within three months that yeah it, was it first, him who, who was said head, you know i want to go back to australia or thing, you, so he can be the judge of if it was love at first sight but it's definitely love at first curiosity when I heard the accent and then I actually remember and he'll hate me for saying it but I remember thinking like oh it's a shame he's really quiet and really boring <laughs> but that's that and I've told him that it's not new but <laughs> he, we were just shy I guess but I just kept I was so curious I was like why on earth when you live in Australia have you moved back here of everywhere in the world I just couldn't wrap my head around it obviously I didn't know the full story and everything and I just kept asking, have you been here? Have you been here? Have you actually been to Bondi Beach? Have you been to the Opera House? He's like, yes, thinking I'm a freak. But um, I guess that kind of hurried things along in the sense of I didn't really leave him alone. I was just bugging him all the time. We got to know each other quickly because we were working long hours at this pub. I was just like, have you been here? Have you been there? So that's that. Uh, wow. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, when you sort of think about moving, I mean, you kind of, yeah. that would have ended your mind at some point. So, I mean, you, you thought about Australia and what do you kind of know about Australia at that point? Did, were you kind of, you know, was there much sort of thinking about sort of moving at that point? Or how, mm. Yeah, how did that play out? I, I don't know what I was thinking in all honesty. It was, <laughs> I think it was just, I was young, naive, very excited with like a new romance as well, where you're all giddy. I just thought, what could go wrong? And 
yeah, it was very fast. And like I said, I never wanted or never had even contemplated moving and living there. I just thought, right, I'll get the one year working holiday visa, travel around, la la la. Um, but what helped was that he had his family home here still. So we had that as a base. Um, he had his brother there who I'd briefly met because he had visited him. So it was I wasn't going to complete unknown. I had someone as a bit of a rock, I guess. Um, obviously, that came with its challenges. We were still three months into being together and you're still learning about each other every day and everything. So it wasn't all plain sailing. But um yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. Sorry, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so you were there, so you got your one year working holiday visa. So were yeah. you uh, where were you based in Australia for that one year? Well this was the thing. He lived or had grown up on the central coast, which is where we're living now and where we lived at the time. When I was quizzing him about his life, he told me about it. I was like, where on earth is that? I've never heard of it. Not many people have from England, I don't think. It's always, yeah, I'll go to Sydney or I'll go to Melbourne or Brisbane. It's like the big three or Perth four. Um, when you're doing your research, and I don't know if you guys remember STA travel. Yeah, oh, that's I used where to I go in. My I know. My first, my, oh, when I did my working holiday, went into STA yeah. travel in Brighton in England. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to Australia. I booked my little round the world ticket. And um, and that was it. Rest was history, really. Mm-hmm. So. I know. It's like the dreams started. Now they're gone. It's really sad. But yeah, I used to go in all the time, steal all the free brochures and just research, research, cut out the little pictures and pin them up. And yeah, not once did I read about the Central Coast. So that was all new. But I was like, sure, we Google imaged the hell out of it. He was walking me around on Google Maps. This is my road. This is the street down to here and there. So I felt a bit like I've been there before in a way. Did you, have, um, did you have a vision in your head of like you're thinking, oh, this is like paradise. We're going to be turning up as palm trees. You know, people go to the beach every day, you know, half days of work most days. People go to the pub and say, hi, Bruce, how are you going? And, you know, that sort of stuff. Did you have that kind of vision in your mind? I mean, was did and it did, but my bigger question might be, did it live up to that? Oh, oh. Did it live up to it? No, because yes, I did have all those thoughts. I was like, surely it's just like neighbours and home and away. And <laughs> so it is hard when you go. In. And plus, I think when you, if you go over and you're traveling, it's very much like, well, if you don't like somewhere, you move on. It's very much you're jumping around, hopping around. But there, I was like, this is where we are. We're going to have to figure it out. And I, I didn't hate it. So, oh, God, I sound like I really despise it. Or well, I didn't. It's a beautiful part of the world, hence why we're living here now. But it was very hard because we went with no money. We did as much planning as we could, but we hadn't had a lot of time to save up as we would in an ideal world. We didn't have a car. So that was difficult, as you guys know, mm. getting around on public transport or relying on people, that's really difficult. And also because we didn't have money behind us, we got a job, full-time jobs. So we were commuting to Sydney. It was like all up over four hours a day on the train oh really wow. i can't wow. lie i was a bit like well this isn't what i had obviously we had great yeah. times in between um did all touristy things as much as we could but yeah it was a struggle at times and that's probably why i only lasted until my visa expired after that year and came home was missing family my sister just had a second baby that I'd not yet met. So, I, yeah, I just had all these ties and I just, yeah, I, I want to reiterate, I didn't hate it. I don't regret it at all. It was brilliant. 
but there were some very tough times because of our lack of planning and rushing to the adventure I guess but you live and you learn wasn't all bad I think that's the thing though about moving over because I remember before I came over you know I used to have a bit similar to you I'd like grew up with this sort of fascination with Australia and I think that is probably down to home and away and neighbors and heartbreak high um which are like my three shows that I loved watching and like I always wanted to go to an Australian school I thought it was like would be the, the best thing ever and so you know when you've got that sort of um, idea in your head as a child and then you start to grow up and you're like after finishing university you get that little bracket in your life where you're like before starting work and it's like right got my that one year gap year away let's do it and I've and for me I was just like I want to go straight to Australia that's what I want to do I want to go live in paradise you know when no one works and everyone just sits on the beach all day and they're throwing a shrimp on the barbie and drinking beer and like that's what the the life in Australia looks like in tv world no one actually works you don't see them sitting at the desk I mean they're pretty boring (laughs) they're drinking fosters (laughs) oh yeah newsflash no one drinks fosters here just yeah I like that quickly at the top as well and so so, um yeah and and I I think that's the problem really is you come over and you think oh well my life's going to be so different so far removed because I'm just going to be on holiday all the time and then like you said you then ended up having to commute two hours just to work and then do it another two hours back Mm -hmm. each day so that must be such a huge sort of shock to the system where you're like huh not quite what I was imagining it to be so exactly right when you move back did um did you get both move back together or did you go back separately? We went back separately, but I don't really remember the reasons to be completely honest. I think it was eight weeks or something. He was always gonna join me, like we didn't split up or anything like that. Um it was tricky. I think it's just gonna be an ongoing thing. You're I don't know if you guys are in the same boat, but it's just I described him as a ticking time bomb because I knew it was going to come up again that he's going to want to move back. It was just a matter of time. When is that going to be? And we'll just have to cross that bridge when it comes to it. But now that we're here again, I'm the ticking time bomb probably. When am I going to say, oh, actually, I need to go back now, had enough or Mm. whatever. So it's very tough. But it's also a privilege, isn't it? That's what I tell myself anyway. (laughs) It's a good problem to have. But yeah, it's tricky. So I, I really must, well, I'm really, really keen to know, like, what is it that kind of keeps reappearing in, or what is it that nags in your mind? You're thinking, you know what, I, I, I think I just need to go back. Like, yeah. what are those things that are ticking over in your head when, you know, you start thinking about moving back? What, what, what actually draws you back home? It's solely family and friends. I can't say I miss the place. I was very lucky where all my family are from Bournemouth, so beautiful part of England Mm. um probably the most oh maybe not compared to Cornwall but I've never been there unfortunately but I think Bournemouth because it's such a beautiful beach and coastal town it is as Aussie as you're going to get in England so it's quite a nice little tester of all the surfers and everything but um yeah it's solely the people and that's the pull and just with you know when family's getting older and you just think time is so precious and no matter what we say, it is really far away. It's only a day away, but it's still, it's very far and very expensive to get back and forth. So yeah, that's the, that's what pulls on the heartstrings. And I think like, 
if you if you like sort of think of the flip side, like what are the advantages of staying here? Like what what if you were to sort of weigh that up, what what sort of things sort of keep you here at the moment? Yeah, it's it's really tough. I know you two will understand when I say the lifestyle, but to explain that to someone in England who's never been here. I sound like I'm hiding some top secret that the government's <laughs> told me never to share, but I'm just like, I cannot put it into words. I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than the lifestyle, whether it's just, it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but it's like everyone gets up earlier. Well, you could do that at home as well. And I know you could, but it, there is just something different about it. I didn't get up earlier. We didn't get up well, earlier. Well, it's raining outside. It's, you know, it's, it's cold. raining. It's not very enticing. Exactly. <laughs> and I had a job there that I really, really loved that was another big thing i was thinking why not many people can say they love their jobs why would i quit that to move over but at the time i wasn't hating life i wasn't miserable or anything but i woke up went to work came home dinner bed and i think sadly that is the routine and it wasn't until i got here it was just such a smack in the face really i was just like oh wow there's a whole life and people talk about the i'm gonna get it wrong not good with numbers but the five to nine after the nine to five, I think is the saying of the evening. You don't just have to sit in, go to bed and then start again the next day. People just really just make the most of things. I'm throwing all like the cheesy cliche one-liners, but the whole, (laughs) (laughs) the whole, I'm going to get it wrong again. Live to work. No, work to live. No, (laughs) you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, All right. You know, well, yeah. you know, you don't you don't live to work. You work to live. So thank yeah. you. There you that's go. Exactly yeah. what, that's yeah, right. I, knew I could trust you guys. So I think that's a that's a very like you know important point is that you know people do get up earlier they they get up they do stuff in the morning mm. and do exercises yoga I mean you know I've, I used to be a super duper big night person and I think you know over time after we've you know after Annie's input I've slowly become a morning person which is super mm. weird super weird but I think in general Australia is very much a morning focused oh, place and especially you know mm-hmm. up here when you're near a beach we're in, in up in sort of southeast Queensland or you know wherever you are that's near a beach it's it's that's the thing everyone's out early I think it's really hard to sort of replicate the lifestyle over here because when we moved back in 2018 and I was like I'm determined to continue on I'm gonna have my big green juices every day I'm gonna go for my morning run and it's so so hard to continue that because you know your morning run at 6 a.m when it's like pitch black and it's freezing outside and you're just like oh do I really want to do that and it's like not it's like it's not as exciting as getting up on a warm morning at 5 a.m and going for a run along the beach and then going for a swim after so it's really really hard to sort of be able to continue that on I think um and it and I can totally see what you're saying it's really difficult to be able to sort of explain that to people who've never been here because they'll be like well you can still have your green juice over here and you can there's still gyms here as well so What's the big difference, really? Um, and that's just such a difficult thing to explain. It is. It's really tough. I think as well a big thing is, I don't know if it's just my experience, but people here just seem more open-minded, even just about mental well-being and things like that. Everyone talks about it here. Everyone's They have hobbies that help them. <laughs> it sounds, again, sounds so ridiculous and so easy, but... I don't know. I went back home recently um, 
so I left here New Year's Eve, got back just at the start of February. I wouldn't have chosen to go back at that time (laughs) (laughs) for obvious reasons. Not the warmest part of the world. But um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's it's hard because my family watch the news and I know it's ignorance is bliss is not great in every sense, but I don't watch the news here and I try and, since the whole C word, COVID, um, try and avoid it as much as possible. I just felt there was this heaviness and just the negativity as well. Mm. And that doesn't make my expat guilt better because I just think I just want to scoop everyone up and take them back with me because I want to show them like it doesn't have to be like this. But it's just very hard not to get sucked into the bubble when you're over there. Everyone is talking about the cost of living and inflation and the energy crisis and everything. And you just think, oh, my goodness, it's really... It's really difficult, and I just I feel bad. Like I said, I just want to save everyone and bring them over here. I was gonna but, yeah. I was gonna ask you actually about that. So you know, so obviously, since you did your working holiday visa and you went back to to the UK, now you're based in Australia again, um, and obviously you went back recently. What was that actually like to to go back? So obviously, you're mentioning you know the negativity that is obviously apparent in the UK and. You know, I don't think that's something that has probably changed that much really in years because I know being back there, it isn't as positive as as you might hope it to be in general. But, um, you know, what what sort of uh, differences did you find after being over here for the last few years? Is there anything that really stood out for you going back? Well, I guess what I first I skipped this part. We moved here February 2020. And as we all know, the borders closed March 2020. So we snuck in just, I think it was about three weeks before. Um, I think looking back now, it was a blessing in disguise because I didn't have the choice of freaking out and panic buying a flight home if it all got a bit much. I just, that choice was taken away, which at the time was horrific. But now I think, like I said, probably a blessing because it forced me to just except I'm here now for God knows how long it could be 10 years. Thank God it wasn't. But yeah, that was tough. But then thankfully when all the borders were open again, happier times, I went back last August um, for a family wedding. So that was for obviously lovely reasons. It was a great time of the year to go back and I had the best time ever. And because it was booked months ahead as well, it was lovely just to make those plans with friends and family get things booked we were all counting down the days like on whatsapp every morning was like this many sleeps to our flight and it was just a lovely buzz about it obviously a two and a half year reunion as well was beautiful but then i unfortunately had to go back again like i mentioned just before at the end of last year very unexpectedly because sadly my grandma passed away so i went back for the worst reasons during the worst time of the year and obviously it was in our family bubble it was an awful time but I think as well like I was saying it just I hope it was the time of year and everyone was a bit down because it was cold and dark and they're now counting down to summer days because I just I hate the thought of it being like that all the time Mm. but I didn't notice that in August when I was able to meet friends in like pub beer gardens and walk on the beach and things like that so it sounds ridiculous how much weather can have an effect on our literal lives, outlook, mental well-being, everything. But it really does. But then on the flip side, no one told me how cold it got over here, how much it rains. So 
that's a lie that needs to <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not like you know sunshine and rainbows all the time. No. So like everyone's oh it's so sunny in Australia. Yeah, but they forget to tell you when it rains, it really rains. And it's cold yeah. in houses as well. Yes. Let's not forget that Housing one. Is really exactly poor, right. I've never owned an electric blanket before I moved here. <laughs> never owned a tumble dryer before we moved here, <laughs> which is so odd and just backwards to me, but you've got to laugh about it. But yeah, when it's cold, it's really Yeah, that's completely right. Um, and so when you were back recently in the UK, like, did you personally notice, because I know obviously being in over in Australia, like, you know, we hear about the obviously the energy crisis and the cost of living over there is going up. And I'm like, how much is it really? Like, did you notice anything in the shops being like, were you like really shocked about certain things being expensive or anything like mm. that? Had it changed very um, much? Honestly, I wasn't really looking out for it. So I can't really comment on like food shop and things like that. But I just remember talking to friends and family and then saying how much the rent is or so-and-so's just moved and you'll never guess how much they're paying the rent and it's only a one bed, whatever. And yeah, it's just what you hear from r- real people, not just headlines and news articles and everything. But I said to my mum, I was like, God, even if we wanted to move back, I genuinely don't know if we could. I don't know how we'd afford it starting from scratch again. We would be renting. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's scary. And then she was just laughing, going, oh, God, we need to turn off the news because you'll never come home if you're hearing all this. But, <laughs> yeah, it is it is tough. And, like, the rent here, we're, it's not cheap, but we're really lucky where we are in the space we've got and everything. So it's definitely a lot better. When I compare, obviously we're very close together. We had a house we were renting in Bournemouth. Compare that to pretty much the same amount we're paying in rent here. It's like a mansion where we are now compared because it's, yeah, it's, that is a a big difference. And again, that impacts your daily life where you're staying or where you're waking up and going to bed every night, especially the both of us work full time from home so it's a it's a big chunk of our life that we spend here and we're just yeah very lucky that we're able to live in such a nice part of the world and you know did your friends and family were they sort of commenting and as to how they were managing it all right now you know because I've spoken to my brother and he was saying like you know that then he's no longer having like a bath at night anymore because of the costs of living and you know they're having to be really careful about how many times they put their um, central heating on and yeah I mean like I just can't even imagine that living here because we don't even really have to really think about that do we Um, but you know were your friends and family talking about that at all in terms of how they are managing it yeah there was just a running theme of don't put the heating on really god knows what the bill's gonna be and just put a dressing gown on or another jumper or something and again everyone they're trying their best they're laughing their way through like stick another jumper on but it's gonna get you down isn't it when it's when there's no light at the end of the tunnel i guess Mm. is what i'm getting at it's it's really tough so yeah again it doesn't help with the guilt when i'm like okay bye and they're all going oh but you can't wait to get back to the sun and i'm like oh Oh, yeah I really like yeah. to touch on that whole thing about guilt. And, I mean, you know, mm. it, it is a theme. I know Annie, you know, sort of brings it up mm-hmm. with me at times. He goes, oh, you know, expats will feel really guilty. And mm. I, I was like, yeah, it's an interesting thing because when I think about it as someone who is, you know, native, well, like a, start again. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd really like to explore that whole sort of uh, expat guild thing. Annie always says to me, or she's bringing it up and saying, you know, it's all these expats always feel guilty. And I'm like, well, you know, but but why? What's the real kind of reason behind that? What? Why do you feel guilty for? Is it? Is it? You know, you sort of you're doing something your friends and family aren't, or is there something else like that's that's sort of deeper beyond that? I think there's a mix. Really, the first thing that came to mind was maybe it's the stereotypical British thing where we apologise all the time and it's like we don't want to brag or look like we've got something someone else does, you know what I mean? So I think maybe that's a part of it that's literally just come to my head now. But the main thing, I guess, personally anyway, I just feel bad that I'm not there (laughs) to people. Um, The day that my parents dropped me back to Heathrow to fly back here on the trip just gone, that the week leading up to it was awful the day it was as if I felt like I was going to my own funeral or something the mood was just horrible and it sounds really sort of egotistical is that a word or arrogant to say that about myself like oh they're gonna miss me so much but it is like my parents of course they're gonna miss their child and they struggle knowing how far away it is and sometimes not knowing when I'm gonna be back or anything so yeah, it was just a really heavy mood. Obviously, I was sad to be going and the guilt again was really kicking in. And yeah, that's the feeling. It's just not nice. I want to skip that as much as possible, but unfortunately can't. But yeah, it's just that whole thing. My parents are moving house. I feel bad that I'm not there to help them pack up. And then my sister's going around and spending her weekend to help pack. And I'm just here like, I'm having a great time. Sorry about that. Mm. It's just those little things I can't help with like, seeing my granddad now or doing food shops for the oldies just the little life things when you're such a family orientated person it it is a very tough one very tough but I must say everyone is so lovely and so supportive no one's ever made me feel bad like obviously there's the odd joke and things but my grandma especially oh she was just the absolute best she told me she missed me all the time but never once to make me upset or feel guilty it was just she couldn't have been more proud more supportive and just said all the time like live while you're young you've got to do these things while you're young and I definitely got my travel bug from her so in a way now I feel like it sounds dramatic but honoring her as well by Mm. giving it my best shot and the same with my granddad he's just the most beautiful man and the same he's just so proud and excited that we get this opportunity and I think that's the way to sort of think. I reckon that's the way to think about it is that, is it like, you know, your, your friends and family are going to want the best for you. And then it's kind of like, well, you know, that's kind of fuel to kind of make, make you think, well, I'm going to make the best of it I possibly can because of that and be happy and, you know, because that's kind of what they would hope that you would be feeling. So mm, exactly. I, I do get that. And there was this quote, sorry, Steve, to interrupt you. There was this quote I saw years ago that said um, to create a life worth missing them for. And I always yeah, go back to cool. that and just think that's the thing. Whenever you are feeling homesick, it's going to happen to the best of us. You've just got to remind yourself while you're here. Mm. And that was it. I was having a blip earlier this week. And obviously I've only been back, I think, a week and a day or something. Um, and I said to her, I'm like, oh, I'm struggling a bit, like just to get back into the life here. Um, and he just knows what to say now. And immediately was like, right, where should we go at the weekend? What beach should we adventure to? Let's go somewhere new. And it's just push yourself out of the routine because you can even here get stuck into the work life routine and you've just got to do everything you can to remind yourself why you moved in the first place that's and that's that's what I was going to ask you actually um in terms of 
you know, when you came back here, obviously you had like an mm-hmm. emotional goodbye. Um, how did mm-hmm. you feel when you landed back in Australia? You know, were you, were you were you quite pleased to be back, or did you get those sort of expat blues? Because sometimes it can be, it can take quite a while to sort of get over that and be like, oh, okay, I'm back now. I need to settle back mm-hmm. into life here again. Yeah, well, I was looking forward to getting back whilst I was home in England. Not that I was, I wasn't itching to get back and being like, well, I've had enough now, I need to go. But it was also tough because I had a one-way flight booked. The prices were insane. I just can't even describe. So I was checking every day for a flight to get back and I just didn't have that countdown. I was thinking, oh my God, am I going to be here for three months? I don't know what's going on. So that was hard because I just, yeah, I didn't know when I was going back. And I was thinking, oh, I miss the beach we go to on our morning walks and seeing all our dog friends and <laughs> just little things. So I had things that I was excited to get back to. Um, and, yeah, I've only been back, like I said, just over a week. So I think I'm okay. It helps that it's sunny and just keeping in touch with family as best as possible. It's hard with the time difference to do FaceTime and things, but mm. you can make it work. But, yeah, doing okay. And so I know you have talked about, like, that it's 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 pretty hard as an expat to sort of plan for the future so you know how did how are you sort of working that one out in terms because I know you said before are you going to be that person who's going to want to move back next Mm. so how do you feel about your sort of future going forward do you feel like you're not really settled in Australia do you feel like you want to have your turn next to go back and spend a few years back there or how do you see it all sort of working out yeah, we don't really have a plan, to be honest. And that kills me because I love to have a plan. And I think that's a big struggle. And people say all the time, oh, is that you? You're gone forever now. You're going to live there forever. And I'll never say yes. And I'll never say no. It's just, oh, we'll see what happens. I'll never say mm-hmm. never. Because I just think you can't, you don't know what's going to happen in life. And even Ryan says himself, he's like, I might be the one that says, okay, I'm done. Let's go. So we don't know, and it's literally just a case of we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it, if it comes to it. But, yeah, I can't lie, I've really struggled with that because I'm an overthinker as well, and I like to think of the worst-case scenario and have a plan for it in case it does happen. I'm like, well, I know what to do. I've already processed this and planned it all out. It's going to be fine. But in these situations, you can't. You just have to roll with the punches. But, mm. um, yeah, I've been guilty in the sense of I know that you should definitely where you're living make it home as much as possible so literally down to going to Kmart best shop ever <laughs> getting all the little trinkets the and the Kmart. pictures and just the no bit. affiliate links here it's just the Kmart don't, don't, don't get Steve to <laughs> talk about his uh, his thoughts around Kmart no look at yeah look Kmart to me I just think you know like I don't know. I, I just, I yeah, just, it's not really my store. I just feel like someone's Steve, been you go to Kmart, chained up to a table to make it, you know, like or chained to the what? to the bench to to like sew <laughs> it. You know, it's like I don't know. I I just I just don't feel right about it. But you know, yeah. Uh, yeah oh I, my I, god! Don't put downer on this. Do <laughs> you know some people like Kmart? That's fine. That's when totally we lived fine. in England, I miss Kmart. I was like, <laughs> like oh, I need to go to Kmart. And I'm like, damn, it's not here. What is the equivalent to Kmart in England? What is it? I don't know. Primark. Mm, that's I miss Primark. Know. I know it's not the same. I don't know how to because that's a thing. I go home and I talk about Kmart. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you would love it. Now, what's it like? I'm like, <laughs> can't describe it. It's impossible. It's the I same words as, um, can't describe it. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever come in, I'll be like, is this it? You've really sold this. The, the dream. <laughs> it's the same with um, what am I trying to think? Like 
clubs, you know, like bolos, as they call it, like bowling clubs, things like that. I'm trying to describe them to people like, it's like a pub, but they also play bingo, but it's not really a pub and it's food. And it's really hard. You can't describe them without going. I'm just, did you ever know about a meat tray before you came here? Oh, God. (laughs) Not before I came here. I think... No, it's so it's very strange. It's very Aussie, and one of Ryan's most proudest moments in life is that he's actually won the meat raffle. No way! Oh, I've never and I know. Yeah. I need to get him some like certificate or something. But uh, <laughs> conveniently, it was I was at a friend's. We were having a barbecue, and the boys were meeting us afterwards. Hence, why he entered the raffle, and then he came to the barbecue as like the guest of honor with his free oh, wow. tray. You it turn up so a barbecue weird. with a meat tray, and you're like the star of the show. Like everyone wants yeah. to be yeah. friend. Random. Yeah. It's like the yeah. ra- I remember the first time I saw one. I was like, "What? Oh, like what is that? Like weird? Yeah. Very, very Australian. Very strange. <laughs> I just thought that before we got onto meat trays, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I'm talking about. <laughs> it was like the whole bowling club thing, and that kind of was just made my mind yeah, like, exactly. like it goes hand in hand. Steve loves I to. Love uh, I love you, that you're proud of them. You love to go off on your little tangents, <laughs> you? Um, Meat tray tangent. That's hard to but say. It, Meat tray tangent. It's quite interesting what we're talking about here in terms of really knowing when to settle as well. So I put it on my Instagram earlier today actually and asked people, do you feel settled where you live as an expat? And I think it was like probably about 80% of people said no. And I was like, wow, I'm not the only one. And it's yeah. not that I don't feel settled in Australia because when I, if I think about the two countries, for me personally, Australia is my home now. I've been here like 11 years wow. and I definitely feel like this is my place. And even like going back to the UK, I feel like I don't, it's weird, I don't really belong there anymore. But at the same time, do I belong in Australia? Do I feel like I properly fit in? Like, if I honestly thought about it, maybe mm. maybe I feel like I don't because I'm I'm not a surfer. I did try surfing once and I was terrible. But I maybe if I did surfing, like I got into that, then maybe I'd feel like I fit in. But that's kind of a really weird thought process behind as a surfer, surfer, I don't even know why I feel like, any. why do I feel like I need to do surfing to no, fit look, in? No, look, I feel exactly the same. I, I cannot surf. I just fall over and the... 12 year olds just run rings around <laughs> me. I, I, I try. And, you know, I, I kind of still like Australian, feel Australian, but I'm a terrible surfer. But I don't know. May, maybe that's the thing that. But I feel what I'm with. probably trying to say is, is like a lot of people, especially Brits, when they come to Australia, they think, oh, it's just going to be like England, but better and sunnier and being like on holiday all the time. Whereas actually, the two cultures are very different, I think. And you know, even though we're quite similar to Australians, I feel like there is a bit of a sort of a difference there for sure. Um, I, I just want to like sort of um, get your take on this as well, because for me, like when Annie and I lived in Brighton not so long ago, 2018? Yeah, like four years. No, four five years, years. Five ago. Years oh ago my gosh, Whoa, wow. Time flies. Anyway, look, <laughs> I think there's a difference in the way people communicate. Uh, I think I think like Australians are a little bit more reserved, but when you sort of unpackage that reservedness, it, you know, everyone gets along like a house on fire. But I think up front, it's a little bit the reverse mm. with the English. I think people are very much like, you know, jokey and very matey and have, have, have chats on the bus. I mean, the bus is a, a prime example. Everyone's everyone's your best mate on the bus. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's how it is. Um, the tube, very much the opposite. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah. but, you know, I feel like buses are kind of a communal thing. And in Australia, you put people on a bus and just be quiet, wouldn't say mm. anything. So I, 
unless someone's making a noise, then they're very vocal. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, I feel like there's an interesting play there. So I'm just interested to get your thoughts on, on kind of how, how you see that. Yeah, especially as you've just come back as well and coming back from being there in what January, February, which are oh, yeah, essentially yeah. like the worst times of the year to be in the UK. Yeah. So there's us thinking our, our little memories are like, oh, yeah, everyone's like really friendly in England. Like they're really nice. But you're probably thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe like being that those <laughs> times of the year might be a little bit different. I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you an answer in all honesty I'm trying to think of what strangers did I talk to or did I I honestly can't remember maybe that does answer the question yeah, strangers don't talk to each other. but I think here I also don't have a right answer or authentic answer because when I first moved here a massive thing was I need my own friendship circle I've got people I know but they're all Ryan's friends partners plus ones etc I just knew I needed my own circle my own people have a separate life to make it work as well as possible so I was the weirdo that was talking to strangers when I first came here so I don't know if they would talk to me first because I was already there talking to them so <laughs> just things in like cafes and stuff dogs are great obsessed with dogs you can just go and talk to people and say like oh can I please oh also you can't say can I stroke your dog in Australia because they think you're strange <laughs> which is a really what? sad can thing. I stroke your dog yeah that's a little bit kind friend, of yeah hmm. they never even don't thought that use before. that word he's meant to say can I pat, pat your dog. dog which I'm like that doesn't come yeah that doesn't come naturally uh-huh. but I'm trying my best because apparently you can get some weird looks anyway <laughs> um so <laughs> I'd keep that in my pocket so, next time I'm at the oh, dog park <laughs> Pull, I'll pull oh, it out no. to test it anyway. You'll be banned. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> listen to me on that one. Um, but no, I I really made the effort. And I, I'm quite shy. I wouldn't talk to strangers usually. It's just when you move, you've got to push yourself outside of the comfort zone. You've got to risk looking like a freak and starting those chats because that's how you meet people, especially if you're staying in that area for a while. You know, you're going to live there. And you want to make friends and your own connections and everything. So I really don't know the correct answer because, yeah, I did. I guess I didn't talk to strangers in England, but I did here. So I don't know. <laughs> and do you want to talk about like how you how you got that friendship circle? You know, was it just about going to the dog parks or, you know, what did you actually <laughs> do to start to form those relationships? I was really, really lucky because I was at a job. It was, I was applying for jobs during COVID, which wasn't ideal. But um, so I moved to on the three month tourist visa. So I legally wasn't allowed to work. Then once the three months were up, it was during lockdown. So yeah, it was difficult because obviously businesses were closing. People were definitely not recruiting. So it was very sparse. But um, I very luckily ended up getting a job at a financial services company doing the marketing there and in the building they were in it I think they owned it all and rented out this connecting room to a yoga teacher or a yoga studio so I started going to that thinking oh yeah I'll meet people there something good for you know health fitness blah blah blah. so I started doing that and it was from there that I met people which was amazing and they're now just yeah, they're my core friendship group here, my best friends that I know I'll stay in touch with forever, wherever in the world we end up. So very, very lucky just to have those people that it wasn't 
forced either. That was another thing. I was like, I don't just want to cling on to people because I'm like, please be my friend and just be really, really forced like that. But yeah, again, anywhere in the world, if I'd have met them, I'd be friends with them. I hope they'd say the same about me. But <laughs> yeah, very lucky. Mm, oh, that's brilliant. Um, mm. And just in terms of, you know, just thinking back to that, feeling like you can properly settle in one place or another. And I think maybe with all expats and and the same with you, Steve, I think if, I think expats and people who like to travel a lot are probably quite similar in a sense in terms of once you get a taste for living in other countries or traveling a lot around to various countries, you there's a stage where it's almost like that sort of disconnect from your normal life. And being able to then settle somewhere can be quite difficult. Like you're always searching for, I don't know. What no, is look, it? I look, you know, I'm, I, I am an Australian citizen and still I, you know, struggle to find my place. Um, to, and look, the definition of my place and I'm, anyone's place is going to differ. Uh, for me, it's about community, people with the same interests. Uh, I like it like open-minded people. Uh, I like different people. I like people who are all different, who have different interests and, you know, can all come together and like share those thoughts and just, you know, bring you kind of a, a wider view of the world. So I, I love all those things. Amazing. Um, it's super duper hard to find. If you find it, let me know. Send me a yeah. message, please. Um, but <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I think once you start traveling, once you start moving away and like, experiencing life in other places and just the fact that you have that choice I think brings its own anxiety a bit like the paradox of choice thing Mm. I think it brings its own anxiety with it so it's a bit like being in the candy store and going oh I've got 20 candy bars to choose from which one do I go for and it's like you spend half an hour trying to pick Mm. it well I do anyway but I like Kit Kats but I won't go into that (laughs) um so so anyway so so pick your Kit Kat and go with it but I, I think you know the whole the whole thing is that um it is difficult to sort of feel settled, I guess. Wherever you go, there you are. So maybe it's less of kind of, you know, finding your place and more finding yourself. Is that a little oh, deep? I don't know, but maybe. I just yeah. my interpretation. No, you're but, so right. But, uh, but yeah, so what, right. what, what are your say, thoughts? Yeah. yeah, that's something, again, I don't want to sound really cringy and gross, but it is that whole finding yourself thing. And I feel like I am – a completely new person since moving here probably catapulted a bit faster than I would have liked with the whole lockdown and everything but again like I said before I think that was maybe well, I was going to say the best thing to happen but not obviously but it was just good because I had to cement myself and I think what helps as well is we don't live in somewhere like Sydney where it's every other person you meet is an expat it's very much most people here are here they've grown up here or they're at least Australian and they're they're settled and that helps because I'm not saying bye to friends every other week like I know a lot of people in sort of bigger wider expat communities are Mm. so that definitely helps because I just I'm not questioning like oh I've made this best friend but how long have I got them for it's like well they'll be here because they've grown up here they've got mortgages or whatever so yeah I think that helps but going back to what you said Steve about being at one with yourself and things yeah it might sound corny but it's definitely true home is you isn't it you're gonna have to be okay wherever you are mm. you can make it all mushy as well but with or your the partner one you're, in our cases the one you're stuck exactly with. <laughs> <laughs> the one you're stuck with yeah. but that's a big thing and I think you two will probably you've got the same 
benefits as Ryan and I in the sense of you've both lived in a country that's not where you were born and where you grew up. So you can actually have the conversations and we both know what the other one is talking about. And when I'm saying, oh, I miss this, he knows the area I'm talking about or the food I'm talking about because mm. he's had it as well. So it's just that definitely helps. If I was with someone who was born and bred here, I think I'd struggle because I'd be talking about, I don't know, these senders, for example, and they're like, never heard of it. So it's just little yeah, things they just that wouldn't yeah, get it, would make you feel closer. I think definitely. that, I think until you become an expert, it's really, really hard to really get your head around really understanding mm. everything that comes with it. It's not just a case of, you know, for me, it was, well, I left England because I, I wasn't particularly happy being on the tube every day and I just felt pretty miserable. So I was sort of escaping that life. And and I know a lot of people do something similar where they're just, you know, they're not happy where they are and that's the reason why they move over. But at the same time, like you're saying, you can move over here and it can be absolutely beautiful where you're living, but are you, are you really going to be happy? Like sometimes it's like it, it takes a lot more to really understand why you're leaving rather than just doing it to escape something else. Exactly right. Yeah, and a big advocate for that was your previous guest, Caroline McKenna of mm. County Down Under. Um, she's a great one. I think just following people online as well that you can relate to and relate to their content. And she's obviously moved back to Ireland and she's taking the Aussie lifestyle with her as much as she can, which is just so just mm. incredible and inspiring. And I think, again, the experience she's had, she wouldn't be able to take that to Ireland if she never moved over here to Oz. So. And yeah. I think with her situation, what's quite exciting for her is it's almost like she's sort of given herself almost like a time limit where she's like, you know, I'm going to take a year off or because she's got Australian citizenship as well. Mm. Um, that to me, I'm like, wow, that's such a great idea because when we did it, we did it just to move to, back to the UK. So our mindset was yeah. completely different where it was like, okay, well, we're living here now. But then we had a, a big drama about getting Steve a proper visa because we just sort of did it off a whim and we didn't really plan it at all. And But whereas if you're going there and you know you're only going back for a certain time, it's like that's when you get to really appreciate every single minute where you can be like, right, well, I'm only going to be here for maybe a year, maybe two years, who knows? But at least I know that I can spend every day now really enjoying every minute with my friends and family get to see as much as I can whereas if you go back just going back there then it's that I think it would be quite easy to almost get into a not a depression but you'd see it completely differently where you know after the novelty's worn off you'd be a bit like oh god why did I make that decision I feel like I'm back here forever now whereas in actual fact nothing really needs to be forever like you can spend a certain amount of time in a place and love it and you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, it's run its course now. I need to go and do something else and maybe move back home. And then when you get back home, you might feel like, because this is what happens a lot with expats, you know, being ping pong poms, which is obviously what we are, um, by going back and forth all the time. So it's an interesting concept to be able to view moving back in a very different way I think it's very interesting and it'll be super exciting to see how that turns out for her as well yeah definitely and similarly not that I can say that word similarly um <laughs> when we when we decided to move over here the second time we obviously had a whole life set up was renting and working full-time and everything like that but we decided I think it was the June or July that we were 
moving over and we started the process of storage unit shipping things over and thank god for your content thank you so much if i've not said that because oh, brilliant thanks to you we were able to ship things over um so helpful but yeah we didn't move until the february so everyone in our circle our family and friends knew we were on that sort of limited timeline and even though it was quite sad counting down it was also good because like you were saying it made us appreciate the time I'll just put my phone down and sit and watch telly which mm. I know is going to another screen but just silly things like just really appreciate being present with family at home and just booking those things like afternoon teas with mum what we were like oh we should do that one day and just hadn't in five years we eventually then did it because we knew like oh you're not going to be here forever not in a morbid way mm. just in a <laughs> geographical sense um <laughs> So that was, yeah, that was a positive. It made us do those things that we say for one day, we got it in the diary. So that was nice. But don't you don't you feel like, I wish that, but well, I know I'm talking about myself here, but in general, I wish that we could all just live like that, where you're like, well, I might only be in Australia for the next few years. So what's the point of me going on about how I miss summer and Christmas in the UK? Mm-hmm. Because I don't really know what the future is going to look like. Maybe we might go back, maybe we won't. But Let's try and appreciate every single day that we've got here right now because you, yeah. no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, and if I think if we all did that, we'd probably see everything in a different well, way. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually Buddhist. So i got this kind of Buddhist perspective <laughs> on the whole thing, you know. So it's kind of like, okay, so I know it's a bit random anyway. But, <laughs> so, bring this into it. But the whole thing is if there's a time limit on something, it goes back to the whole thing about remembering your, you know, your, your, your mortality, you're going to die one day, all that sort of stuff. So if you have this kind of fixed um, – I know it's a little bit odd. But I'm going to go there. So, so no, if you have this idea true. of having this fixed time limit, you're much more – like invested and concentrated on making the most of that time. Whereas if your time limit is just like unknown and there's like just a random amount of time associated with that, well then you just kind of delay things and procrastinate and kind of you end up just kind of putting things off to like, oh, we can get around to that another time oh God, or there's something else to so do. You know, oh, I'll do that next week. You know, there's, there's like a hundred excuses mm. you'll come up with not to do it. But I think if you have that really kind of, it's just you just remember that kind of you're only here for a short time so you know make the most of it i think it really brings a lot of value and kind of you know enriches mm. everything a little bit more yeah 100%. absolutely so it's go. like when you see like a lot of expats they move to bondi or manly in sydney and they never leave there and i'm like gosh you've come all the way to australia like go and see some of it because it is an amazing country like the wildlife the outdoors is absolutely incredible here and I just think there's so much more than just those two suburbs, you know, to go and see. Um, so it's quite interesting. But I'm, I'm super interested to know, actually, as you said, like you're, you, you feel like you're kind of living like the sort of best version of yourself here, um, which, you know, I, I totally understand that. And I feel like that too for myself. But I'm kind of interested to see what does that mean to you? Like how different is your life here compared to what it was before you came over? I think I just said yes to things I never would have dreamt mm-hmm. of saying yes to back home. Um, speaking of like spirit, I don't know why I'm summoning over my word, spirituality. There you go. <laughs> um, just things that I've I tried going to meditation classes and like chant classes and things like that. I'd never heard of these things. So I don't know if they do do that. I mean, they must do in England, but it's just like never crossed my radar ever. So 
I think it was just surrounding myself with the people I did as well. They were into all of this and I just like, sure, let's give it a go. And again, the more things like that I went to, the more people I'd strike up conversations with and like friends I'd make. So it's just a win-win. And I just thought, what is there to lose? If I didn't like it, I don't have to go again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot. It's just like we were saying before, being more open-minded and a friend of mine, when I saw her back in England, she was just taking the mick out of me, but saying how good it was. She was just like, you and all your crystals and things. I was just like, <laughs> I know, I don't recognize myself. I never, I had no interest. I had no knowledge. No, I've got a crystal about anything like I've that. got a crystal. Please, and look at this. I'm really bragging now. This oh, one yeah. it's from a friend I, it's if, you're, if you're watching this Gorgeous. podcast. Or if you're listening to it rather. What, yes, listening yeah. or watching. Well, yeah. uh, well, you can watch it as well um, on Spotify. But uh, if you are listening, Amy just held up two massive crystals uh, next to it. I'd love to know what, what do they mean, Ready Amy? What are they about? Occasion. Oh, God, I knew this was going to happen. I've done that because I'm like, they're just pretty um <laughs> you just like the color i might have to get back to you honestly one of them was a gift like i said so i, I don't know this oh, i want to say citrine i don't know i'm a fraud is what i'm trying to say i'm no expert it's not a trick Some of them are like oh this one's a heart shape so i'm like yeah that's really cute i'll just get that one and it's quite i use it as a bit like a stress ball because it's oh, on my desk where i work and everything so sometimes i'm instead of picking my nails or something so yeah. there we go that's it's that's its use for me but oh. <laughs> do you feel um another question here do you feel like yeah. is your eat is kind of random is your eating habits are they different over here to what they would be in the uk um they are because like I said moved Feb 2020 but in the January just before I moved I decided to be veggie or pescatarian actually um so yes but that was not because of the country I guess I'm probably living in the worst place in the world to not eat meat sorry Steve yeah. and meat trade I know this, this probably oh no no like, I'm not a huge but... <laughs> I'll eat you know I've eaten it but no I'm exactly the only there. reason I'm asking is because mm. when I moved over like mm. I didn't really know how to cook I'm going to be honest here. Like, it wasn't really my thing. Any that, struggle to boil an egg. Oh, so. it wasn't that bad. But, like, <laughs> you know, in England, well, working in London, you'd go to prep for lunch. Obviously, you don't have to make mm -hmm. your lunch. In, well, I never did in London. And then, you know, the evenings, I'd be at the pub getting drunk. So, dinner didn't really happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then when I came to Australia, I was like, where's the M&S food? Like, like yeah. what do you cook? And then and it was like, well, you cook from scratch. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, what? Like, That's why would you do that? Ready, <laughs> ready meals are surprisingly popular. Like, the whole ready meal thing is just kind of the normal. In the UK, really, yeah. It? It's like, dinner is just a ready mm -hmm. meal. That's kind Definitely. of Definitely. And meal deals. Oh! Yeah. I love Simple meal pleasures. deals. Okay, 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 okay. I, I love meal <laughs> oh, deals. Oh, no. Gonna, go Huge on. Huge big fan of meal deals. Um, so basically, I love the whole idea of combining a drink and chips and a sandwich together. I mean, that's genius. Yeah. Absolute genius, I, I think. So simple, yet Australia's not got onto that oh, yet. What's have. going on? They have, I think. Oh, what? Where I'm gonna to have to move. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. So, so when we came back in 2018, it was like the whole meal deal thing hadn't really caught on. And then, you know, there was a huge shift. I think maybe 7 Eleven realized that, oh, there is money to be made in sandwiches. Let's make them good instead of like two bits of bread with like a token bit of meat in the oh, middle or yeah. whatever the filling was. It was a token. Anyway, so it was. It was after that. That was after that that you know, kind of things changed, and then now you've got this whole like you know, good sandwich thing going on. Most places you can find a pretty good sandwich, 
So I think, you know, but going back to the whole meal deal thing, huge fan of sandwiches. Sandwiches are amazing. Um, the meal deal thing, watch the whole <laughs> combination there of chips and sandwiches together. Oh if you want to get God. creative, you could put yeah. chips on the sandwich. Oh, You can't, yeah. Mind blown. Anyways, yeah, it's a new world. Sorry, anyway, I, I'm digressing. <laughs> digress. I need to just take myself out of meal deal world and just come back down to earth here. Okay, sorry. Now, what are your thoughts on meal deals? <laughs> Um, I miss them. Which, which is your favourite one, Amy? Oh, That's your favourite one. Well, like, which which really place is it from? Oh, okay. Well, if I'm feeling fancy, it's M&S, of oh, course. I think they're the most pricey as well. I think they're like £4 or something, which is ludicrous. Um, I remember Sainsbury's was very good. Mm. And I do really like the cheese and onion one. Oh. I feel like it's boring. It's a bit smelly. But it's just yummy. It's good, isn't it? I do Tesco's, like the cheese and anyone is very good. How about the red? How about the red Leicester? Remember the red Leicester? Do you ever have that? Oh one? yeah, yeah. Big cheese fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Egg and cress. What do you think? Egg and cress. Egg and cress. Mm. What? Everyone. Oh, no, they're no, always no. the ones that are left over, right? Because no one likes them, so they're always yeah. Eating. And they go all warm and gross. Oh. And, uh, I just egg I can't have an egg and a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. What? That's no, what's that's weird. Egg and a sandwich. No. No, no, no. Oh. It, it, it's not right. No. no, it's the course it's right. Although on like toast, perfect. Yeah. Favourite food ever. Oh, my God. In sandwich night. That. Weird. How weird is that? So, I, you know what it is? It's mixing it with other foods. That's what's weird. Uh, like with no. salad and, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> or just eating egg with two hands. Like, I know, I, I don't I, know. I'm with you on strange. that. Oh, my it's God. Weird, that's, isn't oh, it? well, that's clearly an English thing because, I mean, in Australia you. we're doing that bacon and egg roll thing all the time. So, Well, I'm glad. Mm. I've met someone else who feels the same as me about egg and sandwiches. <laughs> I, think, I think we've uncovered something new here. This, this is a new thing now. <laughs> And eggs, egg a in a sandwich is amazing. Instagram stories coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, Amy. So, <laughs> let's. Um, if you had to give uh, someone who's listening, who's going to move to Australia or thinking about moving to Australia, what are your tips? Mm-hmm. What are your three top tips for someone moving? Oh, three. Okay. Hmm. First one, and it sounds like I'm just trying to be your best friend i am but also just head to your website because i'm telling <laughs> you if that didn't exist i don't know how we'd have i genuinely don't know how we'd have moved just the things you didn't think about and it was so handy because we've done the partner visa process the same as you guys so your video on that it was incredible you if, if you're listening that like is my little that is Londoner and Sydney.com. Just thought I'd throw that wow. in. Wow. Yes. Thanks for the plug, so, Amy. Yeah, amazing. Was an amazing plug. We didn't even oh. we didn't even prep her on that <laughs> I didn't one. Didn't prep either. They didn't. Pay me later, but that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that was yeah, a real godsend, complete lifesaver. But I think I know this isn't possible for everyone, and I didn't do this, so I, I guess I'm not really recommended. But I think a good idea, if you can, is to come over for a holiday, a little trip, just to suss it out. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I did that, I don't know if I would be here now if we'd have lived here as long. I just came in blind again, like what we were saying. I was going mm-hmm. off of what I saw on the TV and things. I just can't imagine coming over either on my own or with friends or with a partner who'd never been here either. Just starting completely from scratch. I really admire anyone who does that, and I know tons of people do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be wild if you can. Yeah, just to suss up the area because, like what we were saying before, it's that's a big chunk of your life where you're living and where you surround yourself. So that would be another tip. And oh gosh, the last one is 
it sounds silly, but something that makes me feel closer to everyone at home is that I ensured I made a note of everyone's birthdays, even just like people's wedding anniversaries. I got an address book for the first time in my life and got everyone's up-to-date addresses. And just sending cards home really means a lot to both parties. So I always get such grateful thanks when a card is received over there. But it's just nice to think like, oh, a little bit of me has gone there when I feel bad that I can't be there physically. And I just think really making that effort because our lives have obviously turned completely upside down when we've moved. But the people that we've left, they're they're still the same. So, Mm. yeah, I think we can just leave a bit of a, a hole in that sense to the people we leave there. So just go out your way and be a bit, you know, more thoughtful you'll be nicer <laughs> oh that's a great it'll make you feel close, really really sweet amy oh, thank you. that's great well <laughs> i'd just like to say thank you so much for joining us today on yeah, our podcast um there's been some so many really good chats here about what it really feels like to be an expat and i feel like um we need to talk way more about this going forward because i feel like it just really helps everybody else who's in the same boat. So thanks so much, Amy, for opening up today and sharing your story and all your thoughts about being an expat. Yeah, well. we've, we've been everywhere from meal deals through to, you know, <laughs> places to, li- you know, to think about living, how to like think about uh, where to move to, the whole the whole shenanigans. It's all, there. <laughs> it's all there for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I've known you both forever and we're just having a <laughs> oh, So it's been lovely. You. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back soon for more from the Expat Reality Podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll thank be you back for listening. Soon. And thanks, Amy. And we shall see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.